Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrowcom slash ACAST. burrowcom slash ACAST. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power, home of the GA Hour Football Acre. I'm not finished yet, it took me a long time to get here. Both parents have, have spoken with each other and, uh, and they regret what happened. They've had a frank discussion with each other and they're, they're both of them are keen to, to now focus on getting back to their county jerseys. That these fellas will get such a shit shock next Saturday evening that we'll put them back in their all right, so Jared Brennan's with us this week, so we're going to start off with the, the Dublin semi-finals. Uh, Jared, I'm sure you're doing a little bit of work maybe with RT this week on them, are you? Not this week, uh, Wally, I, I'm not sure who's in uh, right. this weekend. I probably got the nod with St. Vincent's being involved the last day. Oh, okay. But uh, I'll be up watching them anyway. Right, so they're on anyways. Kill McCudd and Thomas Davis' surprise won St. Jude's and Ballyboden. That's the big one of the weekend. But the interesting thing here is that St. Jude's beat Vincent's obviously in the quarterfinal and beat them re- really convincingly. And that's on the back of a really convincing win against them the year before. And I'm looking at this from the outside and I'm thinking, what the hell has happened to St. Vincent's? Great question, Wally. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of club men and ladies involved in St. Vincent's. We have a couple of answers and suggestions. I suppose, looking at the team over the last 10 years, the age profile has certainly increased um, uh, amongst the starting 15. But that said, we should be performing better. I think the 7-8 point defeat uh, more recently against St. Jude's nearly flattered us. I think yeah. St. Jude's, if they put us to the sword, they would have increased that uh, margin could have been 15 points to be honest but uh, I thought we lacked a lot of direction a lot of spirit and a disappointing display overall That's the thing there was a few names Hugh Gill Brendan Egan yourself obviously you've st- stepped away this year if you're retired fully Shane Carty wasn't there These la- where, where, where are these fellas? Hugh is gone altogether with injury his cartridge is knackered he was told not to play anymore right. um, or he'll be getting a knee replacement soon enough Brendan's still involved he was on the bench Shane Carty Hurt his foot, broke a bone recently, so he was right. in the cast. 
and I'm obviously gone. But and then they had Gavin Burke back as centre half back, so he's gone out of the forwards then as well. There's a, it was a different looking team than you'd be used to seeing. Yeah, the management tried a couple of positional changes with different players. Dermot was also playing a couple of games centre back as well. He played the first two rounds of the championship centre back. Um, probably a waste of his talent given the skills that he has. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, he was eventually moved further up the field. But look at. Again, it was a lacklustre performance, lacked a lot of direction and probably management and players have to sit down and have a look at themselves and say, am I doing what's required to compete at this level? Because as you know, if you're playing in Dublin yourself, Willie, it's a fairly competitive championship. And oh, it's very competitive. There's yeah. five, six teams that come in the whole mm. time and, and if you uh, don't have your structures in place, uh, style to play in place during the, the league campaign coming to the latter stage of the championship, well then you're going to be knocked off the perch and we saw with St. Jude's they're such a consistent team. Everyone understands what they're about. Defensively, they don't diverge from that. I suppose not so much a packed defence, but they would have nearly six guys there the whole time. They don't deviate from yeah. that. They're full of Kulshis as well, aren't they? They're, they're nearly the Kulshi yeah. team. Don't <laughs> uh, they probably have five or six starting um, in their in their in their fifteen. I don't have an issue with that. If a fella is up working in Dublin and yeah. doesn't want to travel down the road anymore, and they're in their mid late twenties, obviously their perspective on life changes and they say right I'll join a club that's close to me or they might have a friend or a pal in the local club and that's where they go I know when we won the club championship in 2008 before five fellas from the country started yeah I've given out game. about this for a lot of years Jerry. <laughs> yeah. don't bring don't bring that up yeah. he hammered us in the yeah. Leinster semi-final it was the, May, the two good Mayo lads in there as well yeah. two Mayo Pat Kelly, Kelly Brian Maloney Kelly marked yeah. me that day and Brian Maloney's got two early goals and the game yeah. was practically over that Denzak too he got yeah. sent off oh listen I've given out about those transfers <laughs> <laughs> Come here, we'll move on from uh, Vincent's because Mayo chairman Mike Connolly has been talking this week and he's been very honest for a county board chairman because a lot of my perception of county boards is that we don't want any help. We know we know it all. We're in charge. Go play your football, your whippersnapper. You know, we ha- you know, and to be honest, the game has moved on so much now to a professional that they're professional entities now and companies and they have amateur administrators, you know, administrating that. But he's outlining the, the issues that they, that they face. And he said, if you look at football scene today versus 20 years ago when players weren't being paid, we didn't have cool camps. It was a much simpler organisation. And if you look at the structure of the county board today versus 20 years ago, it's no different. At the end of the day, we haven't moved the structures. I feel it's a big problem from Croke Park down. There's no communication or support from Croke Park to say, hold on a minute, you guys are turning over four million. You have one office administrator. There are businesses with a three or four million turnover that have five, six, seven, eight people working in them. Like when you think about that, and he's spelling that out. And I've, I'm blue in the face from this. And you, then you look at the Dublin County Board structure and they have it right. They have professionals looking after mm-hmm. that side of it. And the County Board structure, the traditional one, is still kind of there. So credit to him, uh, Connor. I don't know yeah. what, what he's like, but it's not often to come out and say, we could do with some help here. It's just good to hear some kind of uh, honesty. It's a little bit refreshing given the other news coming out of Mayo this week. True. So uh, we didn't send any delegate to special Congress there last weekend. There's a bit of controversy around that. Now the county finals were on Saturday night, so that they kind of clashed. And then there was an email circulating with regard to the whole um, ongoing saga with the Mayo GA Association where a high-profile member of the executive called Tim O'Leary a donkey. Called him a donkey. CC'd Tom <laughs> Tim O'Leary <laughs> in the actual email. So, no, we've all done something. I know. I, <laughs> like, 
you know, let he with who, who's without seeing cast the, first stone. The there, absolute so. terror when that happens. <laughs> yeah. And there's no calling it back. You can't get it back. <laughs> there's no, no. calling it back. But, but you're right. You're like, well, you've been banging this drum for a long time. I mean, the, to, the move towards a, a more, a structure that, that, that we see in Dublin where the, where the, the CEO is separated the county board to a degree and, it, and it's run like a business. And in fairness to Michael and Ellie as well, like the, the running of the show in Mayo has been complicated, let's say, to say the least over the years. But he did say as well that one of the things that he'll probably be remembered for, I suppose, or one of the most positive things he's done is, is bringing a commercial manager in, in, uh, Tom Riley, who, who used to play for Mayo as well. So, um, so yeah, like it, it, it is a step in the right direction, but, uh, but, well, it was a much needed step in the right direction, I suppose. But, but this is—it's not just Mayo. We are seeing in Bogal, we are seeing in countless other counties oh, yeah. that will eventually have to take a, take a step in that direction. And it's kind of c- came upon everybody this this quickly. The money that is involved in GA has just skyrocketed in the last few years. So the the the, the sooner the count, the more counties like 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 Mayo are beginning to see the light, the better. These administrators. Um are now in charge of massive capital projects mm-hmm. like Parky Keeve that ran into trouble. They have to be on top of Garda vetting, you know, vetting for coaches, which is all increased. They have to be in charge of the administration of expenses, expertise in different areas. They don't have it, chair. Like they, that's the reality. They don't have it, and um, with the best intention of the world. Yeah, like local, these people are good. <clears throat> oh good yeah, administrators, volunteers. But if you don't have, like Mossy's in with Dublin, he knows the commercial side, and county boards are now copying that model. Yeah, well, again, Mossy, if you want to use him as an example, he's a professional. He worked uh, a long time with Dalkey and um, in, in terms of sales and, and, and management, and being an account manager as well, and working with people and trying to get the best deals for the organisation so if you can introduce professional people with the right expertise into a county board uh, I think the Mayo County Chairman is shown an awful lot of uh, humility there yeah. to mm. say that look we do need help um, for me say Crow Park I think the best functioning uh, unit in Crow Park is the commercial department because it's run by professionals they're getting their concerts in yeah. um, mm-hmm. they're getting the turnover and fairness the GA do try to invest most of that money back into the, the grassroots which is another conversation for another day but given the amount of turnover that is there there should be probably a department within Crow Park who are being outsourced so, so, so to speak and they're working specifically with these county boards who need a bit of expertise and guidance in how to set up a commercial uh, department. Department and uh, sponsorship and how to sell that and yeah, how to get yeah. them in on board. Oh, like there, Every county board now is a brand. Like it Leash has a, it should have a brand, you know what I mean? A brand that attracts people, attracts companies. And without having that expertise, you won't get it. So you won't get the money in. And actually, Mike Connolly said that the best thing he did um, in his time is to get in a uh, uh, commercial, commercial manager, manager and he yeah, said he sees yeah. the benefits of that already yeah. you know so like I mean that's there about two years now I think with Mayo and that uh, you know he is nearly funding himself the more business he brings in well, to speak for Mayo it's, it's, not great. it's a yeah, no, no brain, brain. Yeah. Yeah. I even think a CEO would pay for himself in five years you know yeah. so you might get hit for the first two or three years but then when they have this running smoothly He's paying for himself, mm. and it's it's been run so much better. But we'll 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 see how that uh, there's develops. Also, there's also accountability there as well. If it's a professional person in place with a contract, and if there is mismanagement or misappropriation of funds or what have you, well then you're going to get sacked. Yeah. Uh, mm. Whereas with the county board. So and so has been on the committee for the last number of years, and, and it's he's, the politics. Yeah, he's a great yeah. fella, and the, sure, the politics of it all. Yeah. You can make ten mistakes, but the, you have enough clubs <laughs> yeah. on your side, yeah. and you're going nowhere. You're going nowhere yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I mean, that's the way. That's the way it works. So a bit of news out of Clare, lads, is that um, 
Louis Mulqueen has withdrawn his candidacy and that's on the top of Donald Maloney withdrawing his candidacy. So Brian Lohan looks like he's going to be the new hurling manager. I don't know how he'd want it under these circumstances. He's just the last man standing pretty much. Mm. And it was him and Louis Mulqueen two weeks ago and they opened it back up for more uh, nominations. We don't know where that's at. I don't know. They, why can't they just pick somebody? It doesn't make sense. When you talk about county boards uh, making these decisions, it just doesn't make too much sense. So how Brian Lohan, maybe he just wants it so badly he's happy enough to take it under the... I don't know if I'd still be standing if it dragged on that long. I, I think McQueen is involved with the club in Galway as Lee well. Lee yeah. yeah. so, so they're, I think, semi-final of the... Sunday, actually, yeah, because a guy in the office sounded like Nana's playing for Capitacle. So all the best, Al. He's taking the week off. So the watch, week out, off. watch out, <laughs> oh, Lee Meadows. Yeah, Sunday, yeah. Watch. Right. Yeah, so I'm firmly behind the red and black come Sunday. Oh, I'm behind the red and black because they've they've bottled the two years in the semi final. Oh, hey, I'm not saying that. One. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. Well, listen, I didn't I didn't realize that. Big news out of Tipperary is Michael Quinlivan is going travelling for 2020. I was very disappointed to read that as a general football fan and a big fan of Michael Quinlivan that we won't see him next year. And this is on the back of being shocked earlier in the week by reading Darry McVitie is not going to be around this year. And Ben McCormack's not going to be around in Kildare after playing so well last year against Dublin in Crow Park too. And then kind of with Kildare, we're hit with Daniel Flynn last year. He's back. Niall Kelly went last year. I don't know, lads. I've done it. I'd never blame a player to go. It can be just very disappointing when you see lads going. And I don't know. The question is, when is a good time to go when a lad wants to go? I think fellas are heading off far easier now than when you were playing and when I was playing Wooly. I think the county, senior county team, Meant, meant an awful lot more to guys and that their well their whole life was somewhat put on hold they were in college or whatever they were doing um, doing it on the side they were doing everything to organise their life to get the best out of uh, themselves in the field I don't think fellas have the same buy-in uh, to it anymore in my own time but four years working in UCD Gaelic Games and I can see that actually Andy McEntee said it a couple of years ago he says he doesn't know whether it's the parents or schools or whatever but fellas they can be a bit softer, uh, lack a bit of resilience and sometimes when a real challenge is put uh, up in front of them, they take the the roads that is more travelled as opposed to one less, less travelled. Is that Robert Frost? I'm trying to think of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that yeah. sounded good, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, it did, yeah. But for a to go off, um, again, it's always his own choice and uh, McCormick, McVitie, um, like Calera have a chance of doing something in Leinster and then pushing on the Super 8s as to Cavan then as well. Uh, Tipperary is probably a bit of a rebuilding job with um, is it David, David Power, yeah, yeah, the manager yeah. down there. But uh, Quinlivan is a big loss. He's, only a, he's, he's a huge loss. I went, I went in '05 and I missed out on. Mossy got that free to beat or the forty-five to beat Leash by a point. <laughs> Now, in my head, I'm worth at least two, two points, points, three points maybe for, <laughs> for Leach. It's in the back of my mind. I could have done that. Now, in the first round of 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 the Leinster Championship, Leash needed a last-minute goal by Ross Munley to beat Offaly. Now, who's saying if I was playing that day, I might have had that shot and missed it? You know, you don't mm. know. You mm. can tie yourself up in nuts. But the point I'm making is that I was thinking, I want to go. At that time, I had a job. I didn't see my future being... And I was like when I come back if I get into a career I won't be able to go Mm. so I was thinking now while my career isn't the job I want I'm not going to get a better chance and I knew there was a good chance Leash could go well I was thinking if I don't go this year I'm 25 
when am I going to get serious yeah, about life? Yeah. And then I won't be able to go on. And I, I just, you know, it's a hard decision for it's these. They all have to weigh up. Yeah, yeah. I, I just wonder now is uh, is it a thing that like I know I know that uh, a few years ago, for example, maybe mid two thousands, Conor Mortimer and Alan Dillon went for like four or five months, maybe even six months, safe from the knowledge that they could go for the league. And they could come back for the championship and they'd be pretty sure that they'd slot in yeah. for Mayo. Do you know what I mean? I don't think that option is available anymore. If, you, if you're if you saying you're going, you nearly have to be, commit to be gone from the inter-county setup for a year because unless you're a superstar, you're not going to go away for three months, See, miss all the league the, and then come back and play championship. This is the mm. thing. You could actually go, only the club is so important to you. You could go in August and come back the following March, get the last few league games. And like, that's a nice break, seven months. But th- what happened to me was when I went was Port Leash ended up winning the county final and I was around until the end of December and then we in the all Ireland Club semi-final and I didn't end up getting going until after St. Patrick's Day the next mm-hmm. year. So instead of maybe going August to March and not missing with Leash, you went... Did you not go on the break between the... Lens- oh, I did, yeah. Well, let's not talk about that. We've <laughs> no, men- we've mentioned- that was the same year. <laughs> <laughs> we've mentioned that on the show as well. I didn't... The You know all about the, the 11 or 12 week break between the Leinster Club and the... All-Ireland Semis. Yeah, I disappeared for seven <laughs> weeks of that. <laughs> for seven weeks of that. Not my best decision that I've ever made. I wish I could have that time back. Um, come here, I want to talk about the advance mark, moving on from that topic and... Uh, I don't know. Like, I mean, the advance mark is something I was incredibly positive about because I came up with the idea of the advance mark. And the advance mark in my head was an option of a long ball and being rewarded for catching instead of being surrounded. And it was inside the 21. Now it's been moved out to the 45, as we know. And the time for taking has been moved from five seconds to 15 seconds. Now, in the National League last year, this was fairly positive. Very few players were taking marks inside the 45. They were playing on. Now, because everybody knew there wasn't coming into the championship, they probably didn't put put much work into it. Now, the ver- the big danger of this rule, in my opinion, instead of inside the 21, which would only happen three or four times maybe in a game where you might bang in a diagonal one and hope it's caught, that would add a bit of theatre to the game, I thought, and it would reward a fella for catching instead of being surrounded. Our team's going to work on, now they know this is a full rule, you know when there's kind of defensive teams sitting back and the ball's on or over one side and then you might be uh, outside the 45, you'll bang a diagonal ball to a lad just free on the far side of the field. He catches into his belly. Is he getting a free shot at the goal now? I would hate to see that. Mm. That's, not, that's not really Gaelic football then. And, and don't think coaches won't work on ways of getting an easy mark into your belly and having a free shot at goal and then having 15 seconds to go through a routine. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I mean, instead of this being a real positive thing in my head, I can see in two or three years it being people getting rid of it. Well, I agree with everything you said there, Wooly. I don't think we can take too much reading from last year's league campaign because fellas knew that this is gone come championship. So what's the point yeah. of practicing it? Yeah. So and managers admitted not practicing it. Yeah, because you know? yeah. it makes sense to, to do that. So we probably get a real sense of its value or maybe lack of value uh, in this year's National League. For me, I think it's the wrong decision. I would be a proponent of the mark inside the 21 uh, with the ball being kicked from outside the 44. Yeah, easy to police. It's a whole lot. Clean, clear. clear. It's it's, it's going to slow down Gaelic football, in my view. Um, Most guys are just going to take the mark, take the 15 seconds, like you said. I think last year it was five seconds. You're not even rewarding a skill. Catching Mm. it into your belly unmarked from a ball just outside the 45 over to the other side just inside it yeah if that was to happen what are you being rewarded for there yeah yeah it's not yeah. A, it's not it's not a big skill of the game yeah i think tomas o'shea was giving out about it wasn't he and and mark McHugh actually made a good point he was kind of replying to tomas o'shea he said that uh 
I, I hadn't actually thought about it until I until I saw him say it, but it kind of it nearly removes the art of or the like a man a forward taking his man on because rather than receiving it, let's say the ideal ball into a forward, you've talked about it a lot, is when it bounces to them on the run, mm-hmm. so they can take it on the run, then take on their man. Whereas now it'll be just a case of it landing in their belly, and with them having fifteen seconds to spare, why would they turn around and take on their man when they when they can have a free shot? Mm-hmm. Then it'll also cause defenders have to be far more aggressive because they can't let the forward just win the ball anymore. They have to try and win it out in front and stuff. So, I, I like I don't like kind of ridiculing the rule before I've seen what yeah, it's like. But well, this isn't the, this isn't the trial, you see. No, that, that, that's the but only it's thing. not it's not here forever. Yeah. like if it's not working and well, the game's say, being yeah. slowed down, it, we can get rid of it. So, yeah. it's I just wish that they had an ex- the reason they gave for extending it to the forty five was that it was too difficult to judge whether the player had caught it inside the twenty one. You know when they're coming out running, whether it's inside or outside, and that okay, I, I accept that okay. point, but that's. At the same time, it, that's easier to police on a line than a referee having to, to watch his sin bin time, to watch the normal time, to watch what black cards are, and now to see whether a ball has gone 20 metres impossible, and then whether the fella has been slightly outside it or slightly inside it, or did he run inside it. I think it opens up way more difficulties, and then they have to time 15 seconds of whether, when he catches it, to when he kicks it. Yeah. It's much harder than the way it initially was. I think uh, Pat, oh, not Pat McEnany, but uh, the, he's a Westmead man. I think he's head of the referees organisation. I get a story in a minute, but he came out against it, saying we're adding more work to the referees who are already overburdened. And then Pat McEnany came out then saying maybe it is time at the county level to have two referees in place. The ten minutes in Simbin uh, rule is going to be exploited. By any clever team where you yeah. slow down the clock. The following in. year, the shot clock will come in and fix that. But I don't know in. why they just don't do it with it. I, I, you I, know? I, people were talking about, oh, well, how do you please the shot clock at club level? Well, you just keep the club game as it is and uh, you introduce the shot clock at inter-county level. They do that with the senior yeah. ladies. Yeah. I think it works quite well. Um, yeah. But... Yeah, everyone's fight, like Hawkeye only applies to Crow Park, and like club players aren't giving out about that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, so like no. there, there has to be an acceptance, as you said, in the especially when game. it's not possible. Although there are club venues where in, in a more park you could use, you could yeah, do it. Like yeah. I mean, there's a a, a a digital scoreboard there, and fair, there is, yeah, with yeah. The, with a time on it. But I don't think it'd be that hard yeah. in because mm. I know in Parnell Park they play all the club games there. Yeah. So it wouldn't happen in club league games in yeah. in you know, but you can for for club championship you could probably at the county grounds bring it in yeah. I was just thinking at club level as well Like I know referees who don't move between the two 45s and for them to have to police balls that are going 20 metres into the 21 yard line I'd be no but I think that's where your umpire you you ask your umpire was he inside or outside like a square ball you know that's what you do there them lads are getting the square balls wrong as well (laughs) (laughs) but but, but even the square ball rule I know it's something else but like it's it's, it's really difficult to actually police the square ball if you're standing unless you actually come right up and stand parallel and, and and have a, a replay it is it is you're but judging the, it you're judging, you're judging it, it and, yeah. and you'd be judging the, the mark on the 21 as well but look that's not what it, I think it's very yeah. disappointing that the mark inside the 21 had almost universal approval and now this one everyone's given out and I think they're right you know and yeah. then moving from 5 seconds to 15 to slow the game now mm. why do that Yeah. why do that when you're not rewarding a skill why reward them by, by going through a bloody free taking I'll tell you the reason why they've extended it is because they want to see an introduction to uh, uh, they want to see us going back to Gaelic football being football and the ball being kicked yeah and that's what they want so they want the ball being kicked from the defensive 60 yard line forward wherever the yards yeah. are yeah. inside uh, the 45 yeah and that's no, the reason it's encouraging kicking yeah. it's, it's so that you're not 
playing this three minute possession game outside a screen you're being you're being rewarded but enticed yeah, yeah, to yeah, kick yeah. it in I can see that point of view yeah. but I think we're moving away a little bit it's from all that kind of, yeah it is a little bit different <laughs> yeah. we'll see how it develops but like I mean like we say I wouldn't be losing my mind over it until I see it not working and then we'll lose our mind and we'll That's campaign to get rid of it we'll campaign to get rid of it I thought it was funny Martin McHugh this, this was a classic it was on, this was on the RT website he was given out um, about this tier two <laughs> just funny he was talking about making it elitist he says I don't think there's anything wrong with the game he says are we going to go down the road of ending up with a semi-professional game and a lot of people are talking about that I don't know where that link is coming from um, I think we're making it elitist and what he says then after that is just a, an absolute classic he says Donegal and Tyrone meet in the first round of the Ulster Championship they're classed as two top teams in the country normally when you get beaten in the first round you get an easy enough game to get yourself back on the wagon that won't happen now so that's unfair so like I mean he's given out he's given out about being leaders <laughs> yeah. and then he's saying well let them in because we'll just hammer them and we'll get back on the road because <laughs> it's a classic and Turlock O'Brien has been rolled out again like I mean we all know Turlock's opinion on this and his one is a, is a funny one like I don't like this tier two competition. It's going to be changed next year. I'm completely for a tier two, but maybe not this one. I don't like the way this was rushed in. Um, there's better options out there, and I think we'll get that next year. But Turlock is saying we won't improve until we play the big teams, and I'm thinking they're in Division Four. They went into Division Three and got relegated straight back down. Teams in Division Three are better than Carlo. You know, like, I mean, Cork and Tip are in it this year. They'll probably get promoted. But Leash, Westmead, Fermanagh, they're all a level above Carlo. You're improving by playing those teams. Who, what gives Carlo the right to bypass those teams and bypass Division 2 and say, we want to play Monaghan or Tyrone? Who gives them the right to do that? Like, I mean, you deserve the right. You earned the right to play the big teams by getting to Division 2 or winning Tier 2. I hate this attitude that... We deserve, we deserve, we won't improve unless we play Dublin. Why do you stop? In play leash. You didn't beat them in five attempts two years, er, four attempts two mm. years ago. You learn by playing Donny Kingston and these fellas. What do you, more do you want? And if you can't beat leash, what gives you the right to play Tyrone? Just because you want to. It's, it's, like, I, I'm just surprised it's taken us this long as an organisation to actually create these two tiers. Um, going on Mark McHugh's point, but his first one, where he says, I don't think we should have it. Well, if that's the case, then we shouldn't have four divisions in the league. Let's just have a 32-division league or with uh, London coming in as well mm-hmm. and sure everyone gets to go with each other. But I, what I like about the, the hurling setup um, and the John McHugh, you've got five teams in the John McHugh. John McDonough. Uh, the John McDonough. The two winners uh, come up and they play, I think, third place. They in go back the, into it. Yeah, yeah. go back into it. And that's a good option, a good structure. Now, I know the four competitions in the hurling I think we should try to get to that level with the football. I'm just surprised it hasn't been a tier two before now. Yeah. I, I, I would have three, four tiers and that you are playing at a level where you're supposed to be playing at. There's the argument of fella, fellas, they're going to go overseas. Well, I'm, I'm not going to mention fellas' names, but there's fellas in Carlo who have gone overseas, they've played the league and they've gone overseas. The way it is now. Yeah. The way yeah. it is now. Captain, and, and, and Brendan Murphy did it, yeah. Brendan Murphy did it and, and that's just going to happen If anyway. you're going to go, you're going to go yeah, anyway. you're going to go, you're going to go. Yeah, so, yeah. It's, 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 definitely, it's definitely an issue. My whole idea is just play the league in the summer and call it the championship. 
four all well, that would give you your four tiers yeah. or, or even join one and two and three and four then say three teams from division one or four teams from division one and two teams from division two go into all Ireland quarter finals you know and there's a way of doing that yeah. but the league is an accepted tiered competition it's the best one mm-hmm. so why not use that as your all Ireland competition it's, it's the most competitive and, yeah. and, yeah. and, and yeah. fellas like you said the cars are being pushed against the Donny Kingston of this world and as you improve little increments each year you end up where you're supposed to be and just because Dublin came down to Carlo where Dermot was fucking put off for the, uh, three months um, it's a great day out for the for the town and seeing the those come down like that's all horseshit yeah. can I say that? yeah of course you can <laughs> but, but um, you play where you're supposed to play but they still it. are like Turlock O'Brien's argument about playing against the bigger teams they're, they're, like, you're still starting off from the same base you're still in the competition as you were beforehand yeah you can it draw just, Dublin in the Leinster Championship it just means that when you go out to the provincial championship and rather than being beaten qualifiers with all due respect within probably one or two games you're going into a championship that's more competitive I, like, that's, that's what and I you have did. a chance of playing in Crow Park yeah in a three games time That's you're in a semi-final the, croaker the only I can't thing, understand the, the problem the only that. thing I'll say about elitism and like uh, you you will talk to John Hoard I'm sure eventually but just he's not helping himself I don't think with, with like you know let's say the championship hasn't even been named yet uh, he said oh we'll get around to that his guarantee about TV coverage is limited to a text message he got from the RT he had a sport yeah, it's too messy you're right and yeah there's just it's just not exactly it's not exactly reassuring look I had to ask you this morning I'm still are we reassuring it whether the winner of the tier 2 championship automatically actually yeah the winner qualifies. gets in the winner, winner gets qualified. in to, will play for Sam next year but you're right and all these promises of all stars and holidays and all the Joe McDonough Cup was promised all stars and in the first year there were all stars and now Leash win it last year and this year there's no Joe McDonough All-Stars. Things are just made up yeah, as you go along. Yeah. So the, their excuse for that was Joe McDonough Cup is being seen as Liam McCarthy All-Star. So two Leash players got All-Star nominations. Now they came out of Joe McDonough and beat Dublin. Would they have got any nominations without beating Dublin? Not in a million years. And there would have been just no Joe McDonough Cup All-Stars. Like it's being made up as it goes along. I can see the tier two counties saying, right, well these are all promises. Will we get a holiday? Will we get the All-Stars? Will we get to play in Crow Park? Who's to believe it? Yeah. Like they are scared of these being empty promises and then them just cut adrift yeah. and, you know, like not... But they're right to be sceptical on the evidence so far. Probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. But the, uh, Tier 2, in theory, is the right thing to do. We'll all agree on that. Yeah. We don't trust some of the... We don't trust <laughs> it'll be all-stars. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Probably won't be. Oh, the last one, I think, was a classic. This was on the RT website as well. So, like, I mean, they're really rolling out different lads to give out about this Tier 2. So RT interviewed Conor McManus. Conor McManus. Top three forwards in the game, has won two Ulsters, played in all Ireland semi-finals, and Conor McManus wouldn't like to play in the tier two. <laughs> well, no shit. No it won't shit. be happening anytime soon. I think he referenced they were Division Three when Malika Rourke yeah, took them over. A long time ago. A long time ago. That's seven, eight years ago now. So. Yeah, so that's it. So that's it. I thought that was a classic. If you're going to roll people out, let's talk to David Clifford and see what he want to play in the in the tier two or bloody Con O'Callaghan and let's see what, what the story there is. Right. But as a player, do you want to get bet up a stick by let's go with Dublin versus Carlo by the eighteen points? And sure, wasn't a great day out for the county. Um, like as a player, like we've all played for teams where we have received 15, 20 points of yeah, in our yeah. time. It's not nice, like you know. No, it's terrible. No, it's now, Terry O'Brien does make the point is that they play teams at their own level in the league, and they don't want to do this, have to do the same thing in the championship. My point is, you don't do the same in the championship because Kildare, Mead, Leash, Dublin—they're not at Division Three mm-hmm. or Four—and you play them, you can draw it against them in Leinster. Yeah. The only difference is, is in the Tier Two, you're drawn against teams eight of which are in a vi- division above you. 
You're like, who gives yeah. there? Where do they get off, Carlo? Like, seriously, they're the ones banging the loudest drum and they're the ones complaining about media coverage. Like, I'm not lying. I tweeted this that in all my years playing with Leash, Ger, and I ask you with Dublin, was whether we get media coverage, now Dublin will pro- probably get too much of it, but we never once mentioned, geez, if we go well this year, we'll get on the telly. It was just, that was never, ever mentioned in Leash dressing room. If we were on the television, it would be exciting. You know, geez, we're on the telly. for the parents and the grannies yeah. looking at you and everything. But yeah. we wanted to improve, we wanted to get better, we wanted to win something. Being on the telly was so far down the list that yeah. for yeah, me for a, for me for a player to even mention media coverage as a reason why they don't want to tier two, I would be too embarrassed to say that. Like I would, I would you, say, where's your priorities here? You would, and the only uh, person who would have scope maybe to put their case forward would be the county board chairman, chairman yeah, because he's thinking about the support we, in the yeah, county. The support, but or, or we get five grand from RTE each time they yeah. uh, televise a game live. I don't know how it works, but. I'm sure to get something yeah. or where to go straight to Crow Park and it's divvied out that yeah. way. But, but for uh, management and players to say it geez, I just look at that and I cringe it? it should be irrelevant yeah, you know yeah. it should be irrelevant and if you're good enough your priority should be getting good enough that you get into Division 2 and now you're playing for Sam mm-hmm. is yeah. that not the priority it so is. in three years time we want to be in Division 2 stop crying about Tier 2 get better get to Division 2 and now you're playing for Sam and yeah. you, by playing for Sam, you automatically will get media coverage. It shouldn't even be mentioned. Yeah. Improving all these things will come with it. You don't just get it. You don't just get it because you ask for it. Like, I mean, it doesn't work like that. Anyways, um, we've probably gone over time there. We will talk to Keen Johnson next. You can't touch this. Touch this. A few weeks later, they played Phil Kenny below in Nolan Park. The same year. And oh, they were being hockey. But the camera went in. There was a fellow warming up. Jesus, you should see him. Yeah, that fuck. He was massive. Legs, ass, belt. But I burst out laughing watching him. There he was, the epitome of what I said. I told you, homeboy. You can't touch this. Yeah, that's how we living and you know. You can't touch this. All right, so for Ban take on St. Pat's in the Leinster Club um, this weekend. For Ban obviously ended a 25-year famine by beating the Offaly Kingpins Road in the county final um, last week. Their star forward, Keen Johnson, who scored 2-3 in that game, joins us on the line now. Keen, how's it going? Uh, not too bad, Colin. Not too bad, not too bad. Has everything settled down in Ferban? I saw you on the back of lorries. I saw you getting shout-outs from celebrities. I saw all sorts of going on in Ferban. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, we're well, we're well calmed down at this stage now. Uh, we'd want to be, but uh, I was only like stream come through. Like, Twenty five years is way too long. Like it is famine, like say, and like it's only my second year with the seniors. But I've been listening to people saying for bad need to win a senior since I was about fourteen. Like so, it feels like forever. Even though I'm only not involved that long, but like the homecoming was special. Like the people on the street, like it was covered, and even seeing some players from the last time we won it in '94, like it's just. They never thought it would have been this long since we won it. Like, so it was just mad altogether. Yeah, because Ferban have good tradition. Like, I mean, they dominated Offaly football in the 80s and won the Leinster Club. I won't mention who they beat. Um, OK, it was Port Leash, <laughs> so the less said about that, the better. But they were a big team, because I remember even from my own club that Ferban would, be, would have been kind of rivals within Leinster. So 25 years for a club like Ferban obviously was a long time. Yeah, it's way too long. Like, we've... We have a good underage set up, like we've won everything underage. Like I grew up winning. Like I played I started playing minor when I was fifteen. I played in four minor finals and I won three of them, lost to the one. 
Um, we were after winning the last three under twenties in a row, like so we are coming. And right. It's it's probably been like it's probably probably been coming for a while, even though like we've still a lot of young lads like on the team. So there was a bit of pressure, and even playing road like we've they've kind of been the the arch enemies of everyone in Austria, like so hard to beat. Like even but like some of their players are pushing on a bit, but they're still they're still so experienced, so hard to beat, and. Like just to finally get over them in the count final, like it was just unreal. Like we were celebrating nearly all night. Like I think we finished up at like half six or something. Yeah, Monday morning. Could, we got about two hours sleep then, and we were up in the primary and secondary schools. And we shouldn't have been that near them because some of the boys were still drunk. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know whose idea that was. So. Well, at least you went. At least you went. I don't think I didn't. I wasn't really in the habit of going to the schools. I was. I was. I was heading in another direction. But uh, like, I mean, that's it because you were five points down in the final, and like you, you, you were well beaten by them last year. So. Was it probably crossing your minds maybe at parts of that game that here we go again maybe? Yeah, oh, that, that's exactly it. Like We were 8-6 down at half-time. We knew we were in the game, like two points in that big a margin. But then straight after half-time, I, like, I never seen the ball for the first 10 minutes, second half. I might as well have been sitting in the stand. I was watching the match literally from inside. And Roe kicked the first three points in a row. And we were five points down. Like, we were 11-6 down and you're thinking, here we go again. Like, and then just one ball came into the square and two road defenders went for it and they both kind of clashed and the ball just popped up for me and I stuck in the net there and that changed absolutely everything because like even the crowd like I think all the neutrals were rooting for us like because we often everyone wants to see the underdog win and yeah just unreal and then we I think we won we won the next eight road kickouts in a row then after that and we went from being five down to four up and literally blink for an eye like and road were just rattled and we got our tails up and it's hard to it's hard to get, get get the pressure back the other way up when the team gets a run though, so. yeah when you got the run on, yeah you got the run on them at the right time you have a weird record in that you've played senior for Offaly before you played with Forban that was at the start of last year Stephen Wallace got you in and you didn't do too badly you got 1-3 against Wexford in the Auburn Cup and got 6 from play against Dublin in, in Parnell Park so like I mean I, maybe Forban were trying to mind you maybe or you know we, you were still in the leaving cert but it, it's, it's, it's unusual for someone to play with their county before their club yeah, no, I think I was, I was playing with the Offaly Miners and I wasn't training much with Forban. So then when the first round of the senior came, I didn't start. And then the intermediate was on that evening. So I played the intermediate that evening. I done well. And then I was just flying it for the intermediates. And then they didn't want to take me away because we were just doing unreal. And we got to come to final. And then it was nearly too late then to go back into the seniors. And then Offaly called me in and um, I went well with them. And then obviously it's well documented what happened there was... Um, I spent the whole year training, like, and then I got told about a week before the championship I couldn't play, like, so it was just disappointing, but uh, there's not much I can do about it now. Yeah, yeah, well, you're over the under-20s grade now, so you're available for next year. Like, it, it obviously was frustrating. Maybe it'll be a blessing in disguise that you've got that extra year of club under your belt before you kind of hit uh, senior championship football. In, yeah, maybe, yeah, like, like, a one cup in league is grand, like, but obviously championship is completely different than... Like even when I went in, like I, I played well in some games, but I still like even like some of the lads looking at me going like this lad's only a young lad, like. But at least now I have a year under my belt, like um, I won the county final, like uh, so. At least now when I go in for preseason, like I'm, I'm kind of going to be one of them, like they're not. No one's yeah. going to be saying like who's he, like you know. Yeah, yeah. Psychologically, you're you're properly ready this time, rather than maybe having that doubt in your mind, you know, of whether whether you are. You yeah. must be you must be excited about going in with uh, John Mahan because, in fairness to him, I know for Ban's style of football is heads up football, and you like to get it in to the inside forward line. Awfully playing like that, played really well against Mead. Um, you know, had a, a good championship last year, unlucky in the league, but played well against Leash. He plays the type of football I'm sure that excites you. 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. And like they had a serious run in the Samson last year. Like we think got to round three, I think at least beat us. But like that's that's further than we've gotten early on the other year. And like we went, we ran me close, and we went on to do uh, decent in Super Eights. Like so, I'm really looking forward to getting in and even starting the World Cup before Christmas, and then the league, and then this t- tier two maybe or whatever is going to happen. So I'm really looking forward to getting back in and uh, just kind of. It's been a long two years, like kind of waiting for it. So finally, going to get the get the green light to go. Yeah, exactly. So I'll talk to you about the tier two in a minute, but I want to talk to you about your style of corner forward play because the stat um, you retweeted it anyway, so it must be accurate. I wasn't sure if it was accurate <laughs> or not, or who came up with it. So you had six shots at goal against Shamrocks in the quarterfinal, scored six. You had five shots against Eden Derry, and you scored five. And you had five shots against Road, and you scored two, three. Number one, is that an accurate stat? And number two, are you patiently waiting in close to goals? You know, to be getting the ball. Um, you know, close enough to goals that you're going to be able to turn and shoot, or are you trying to get out, get on ball? Like, what what's your style of play in there? Uh, yeah, that is true. Yeah, <laughs> two people wouldn't believe it, like, but yeah, it is. But uh, uh like, they're the kind of standards I set myself. Like, I'd be disappointed with that unless, like, I know everyone kicks wise, but like, I practice shooting before chain, after chain, get back balls, go to pitch on my own. Like, so when it comes to the match, it's just second nature. Like, I'm an inside forward. Like, scoring is my job. So. Everybody else does donkey work. Does donkey work to get the ball into me. So when it comes in, I have to, I have to produce. Like, um, like I, I do. I'm a poacher. Like I used to cross the goals. Like if if they, if anyone sees me chasing someone out the pitch, if I go past forty five, all I get is that screaming at me to go back in. Like because they know I'm no good to out around the middle. So like if if Rhodes seen me chasing lads in the in the Iraq, like, they'd be delighted. Like so yeah, I have yeah. to stay as as possible. And like I know it's. It's just working hard and all that but like there's 14 other lads do that like just get me the ball and I'll win the game for it yeah well that's a good attitude I'm sure your teammates love uh, when you tell them to do the donkey work and get the ball into me yeah uh, like there would be <laughs> like, like I know if they see me letting the corner back off the pitch like there'll be there'll be a few lads running and shouting but like when I when I get the ball and stick it in the net they're, they're alright with it <laughs> I read a good quote from you saying like you don't lack confidence and I think well that's a great thing I read I read a quote from you talking about pressure and you said I know I have the skill to trouble anyone any day I go out all the pressure is on the person marking me and you never really thought about it like that I, su- I suppose d- the pressure should be on the cornerback some corner forwards might tie themselves up in not saying I have to produce you know whereas yeah. the cornerback should be the one having to quieten down a top class forward yeah, I know. Like, I don't feel any pressure at all. I never get nervous for a game. I'm always just excited. Like, cause, like, it's all about the big day. Like, I love the big day. I love going out to showing how good I am. Like, every chance, every final, like, so many people there. Like, such a big event. Like, I love just showing off my skills. Like, um, there's no pressure at all. I don't feel it. Like, I know when I go playing for Fermanagh, I'm probably going to have to score five or six points maybe to get just get over. Like, that's just the way it is. Like, nobody's nobody's telling me that, but I know that myself. So I don't. I don't feel any pressure. Like I know I'm gonna get five or six chances in the game, and it's just up to me whether I take them or not, and how much work I put in, uh, making sure my shooting is on point. So yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. You've, put, you've put in a lot of work on your right foot. You're not naturally two footed, but you're you you. I think a bit late in your development, you started working on your right. Yeah, oh lord. Like even when I was young, lad, like I known like no one ever told me. I was I came the whole way up. I started playing off roughly under thirteen, and nobody's ever told me to work on my right foot. Like it's. It's not good enough really from a coach point of view, but like anytime you used to get the ball, it's just left foot, left foot, left foot. I'm sick of it. Like. And even last year, we got that by roll by 118 to 10. And I was like looking at Anton and Niall McMahon kicking points off both feet. And I was like, I need to get up to that level. Like. Yeah. And um, 
I set a reminder on my phone and it was just the score from last year. It was just 118 to 10. And I went off at 6 o'clock every day. And I'd go out to the side of my house and just kick ball up against the wall for 15 minutes. And I just seen a dramatic improvement. Like I think I got four twenty four from playing championship this year and I think got nine points off my right foot like so. Right. It mightn't have been the whole the whole difference, but like it's just small things like that just make a make a big difference. Ah so, yeah, but it's not even I, what you score off your right. If you turn on your right and get one, well that'll give you room to be able to get three that you might not have got on your left. You know, once that option yeah. is there, you, you yeah. have that trick in your in your bag, you know. Yeah, that's it. Like it's, it's nine times that I would have turned back and I'm passed the back out, and everyone's going, "Ah, what are you doing?" Like so. Yeah, it's no. nice to be able to just pull the trigger. Like, so you set you set a, a reminder on your phone as a motivation for the full year to to because of how much to beat you, and got up at half six every morning and kicked the ball against the wall. No, no, I used to I used to go off at six o'clock in the evening. And six o'clock in the evening. Yeah, he's not. When we get up at half six. <laughs> <laughs> but like, if I had a master saying I wouldn't do because I'm kind of superstitious and I don't want to do anything on the master saying there. But other than that, whenever I'm free, I just go and play ball off the wall. And like the old one's head is wrecked, like the paint is coming off the wall. But uh, she can, uh, she's happy enough with the performance of the weekend, so uh, she'll, she'll be alright. She'll be okay. So like I mean, when I remember when I was trying, I did the same as you. And actually, funny enough, David Clifford was talking about that with me this year that he was maybe under 14, under 16, and he, all the defenders were saying to him, stay on his left, stay on his left. And that's what motivated him to go to start working more on his right. His right is, is almost perfect. But like you almost have to go through the technique yourself. And when I, I actually had to study how I kicked it with my right and then just copied that and started repeating that over and over again with, you, you know, with my left or whatever. Like, I, I'm the same as you. Nobody actually told me how to do it. You just kind of figure it out by yourself. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Like even when I started to them right, I used to drop it with my left hand on yeah. my right foot. Like, yeah, yeah, crazy. It's just yeah, you just need to see the, the way you do it with your good foot, and then practice. Like, and it's just it's like anything. Like you just do it over and over again, it comes natural. Like so, like my right foot is never going to be as good as my left leg because I'm naturally left foot. But if I can get it, even half of it, I'd be I'd be happy with that. Yeah, you'd be happy with it. it is that's funny because when I started with my left as well, I dropped the ball down with my right hand, right hand, and you look incredibly awkward. You can't do it on yeah. the run. you can't do it on the run, and you just have to f- actually a light bulb goes off in your head and say, why don't I actually drop it with the same <laughs> hand as I dropped my good? My good <laughs> it's a weird one. But uh, come here, yeah. we me- we me- we mentioned tier two there. What, what's your feelings on that? It's kind of. I don't know. It's it's split. I think we we're talking about it uh, on the show here already, and a lot of people are in favour ne- maybe of the tier two, but maybe not necessarily this one. What what's what's your thoughts on? Yeah, it? yeah, it's a difficult one. Like it's definitely the right idea, but it's probably how to go about it will probably determine whether it's success or not. But like it has to be given the respect it serves. Like otherwise, players just aren't won't buy into it. Like you were saying on the show, like it has to be called something all Ireland. Like yeah. nobody wants to play in the in the Mickey Mouse Cup or whatever they're going to call it. Like nobody. Like it just just doesn't sound good. Like they have to give the All Stars team holiday everything, and I I think it can work if if uh, to do that. But I think what's scaring people off is kind of what happened with the Joe McDonough. Like even you know yourself when you're when you're watching the Sunday game and they show thirty seconds of highlights or they don't show it at all. And like even yesterday they abandoned the All Stars after one year for Joe McDonough. Like, so that's that's kind of what's scaring people off about the tier two. Yeah. And like even after the county final, um, a lad from the Donegal Boston club rang me. He's one of them would like go over next summer. And like they've won it the last two years, like Ted Connolly, Mark Bradley, John, uh, Barry John Keane. Like I was thinking to myself, geez, I can't turn this down. Like, so like if if the tier two doesn't get the respect it deserves, like I say, you're going to see a lot of division three and four players like over in America in the summer. So yeah, they have to just do it properly. 
that's the, that's the danger, I suppose. But then, like, I mean, from your point of view, if you play in the Leinster Championship and you're knocked out as it is, was last year, and then you go into the qualifiers and you get a game or two and get beaten. Whereas this year, if you get knocked out, you go back into the 16 of the Tier 2 All-Ireland and you've potentially a chance of getting to Croke Park for an All-Ireland semi-final. Would that not make you stay, you know, instead of, uh, yeah. you know, be, getting beaten by leash like in a Moore Park or whatever? Yeah, I definitely would like, but um, I think if they, like, if they just show the game on TV and give the All Stars and all that, definitely, like I, open me going, I wouldn't be thinking about it then. But like you know yourself, like if if, if Leash won a, a tier two All Ireland and you've seen the Leash team coming into Port Leash uh, on on the bus with a cup and a homecoming, like that, that's better than getting getting hammered in the qualifiers. Like so, it's, it's definitely the right idea. It's just. If the win the work with it, it'll definitely work, I think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Come here, it won't keep up too much of your time. I see, obviously, Niall McNamee is a, would be a big hero of yours. He's a brilliant player um, nationally, and, you know, he, he's up there with the very best. Gooch is also one of your favourite players, which probably won't come as much of a surprise, but I was interested that the reason, obviously, his ability goes without saying, but you said the way he conducted himself on and off the field, he was a real class act, and that's something that would often cross my mind with the Gooch just his temperament yeah. and the way he conducted himself on the field. Yeah, like he's definitely definitely one of the best players of all time and just the way like you never like you never heard anything about Gooch, like the way you hear about some of the players now. He's always just laid back, like he just done his stuff when he left the football and talking like and like um he never really like he never really made the headlines other for anything other than just being class like so that's just why I love him. Yeah, and he do I suppose he would he never rose to debate from defenders. I'm sure you get that a lot, especially in club football in Offaly. Yeah, yeah, uh, you can't like they're only looking for a reaction in that. So you just kind of you just give them a ruffle of the hair when you're kicking a point, and that'll, that'll <laughs> keep them quiet for a while. <laughs> I like it. So you're down in UL. Um, you're are you studying to be a teacher? I read it. You can no, you can't say this in the interview for the job, but you said that you wanted to be a teacher because it suits your lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, know, I think that was a few years ago. I'm doing a health and fitness down in UL, so okay. I took you out last year and. Because I was the year I was in my office seniors, I was doing my leaving start, and I was doing absolutely nothing. I was just dropping the school bag and going to the corner every evening. So it uh, leaving start didn't go great now, but uh, I, got, I got into UL anyway. So I'm uh, I'm, go, I'm going all right. That I'm going to play a bit of freshers down there, maybe play a bit of Sigerson next year, hopefully. So yeah, it's it's exciting. Yeah, exactly. It definitely is. Come here, taking up enough of your time, Keen. Thanks very much for taking the call. Best of luck at the weekend against St Pat's. Thanks a million. Thanks a million for having me. Yeah, well, I'm glad you brought that up now because there's no such thing as a media ban. We don't have a media ban. Ah, you do? No, we don't. Um, but you didn't we... let Shamey talk at a, at a hurley launch one day. Yeah, but hold on a second now. He was at a hurley launch, you know. Yeah. You know, I, there's I, a media I, ban if he can't no, talk no, at that. Absolutely not. I think you guys need to do your job. Don't depend on us guys for quotes, you know. Okay. Go but no, earn, he, earn your living like the rest of us. But if he's at a media day and he says to the media that I'm not allowed to talk, then right. he's obviously on a ban. Well, I think he's carrying a mixed message. Okay, so Paddy Power predictions. Um, we're going to start with Ferban and St. Pat's just on the back of Keen Johnson. A young player who doesn't, um, doesn't lack confidence. For a young lad of 19, Jared, to say, well, look, I'm a finisher. Um, my teammates do the donkey work to get it into me. Have to say, I love that. 
That reminds me of a young Colin Parkinson. <laughs> <laughs> so I was in fairness, you, you, you uh, put your money on the table too. A lot of those games, Colin. I did a few. So. Now I couldn't finish like Keane. So Keane, like I mean, he's a proper finisher. Like I wasn't. So I a lot of the time I couldn't put my money where my mouth is because you go out and kick five or six wides. He he probably is in a better position to back up his. Well, after time. what two two and twenty minutes in the county final, didn't he? So yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. the walk of the moment exactly so for Banner 1-2 to two, St. Patrick's are 21-10 to 10. the Loud champions are always decent like I mean they're, they're, they're definitely no pushover Port Leash have struggled against them down through the years for Ban have tradition and Keane mentioned that for Ban won the Leinster Club in 1986 and you'll know all Jerry about tradition I know it in Port Leash and the minute you start winning county titles you're reminded well here now there's more at stake than just a county title and the older lads that won Leinster clubs would say well we like we, our club wins Leinster clubs we don't just win Leinster titles and you know from, for, for Ban's <coughs> point of view hearing that that me, you've obviously heard it in St Vincent's as yeah, well Yeah and, and for me it used to actually annoy me and I used it as a motivator to get ourselves into that bracket so we stopped yeah. talking with the fellas while respectful of them you're trying to add to what they've uh, achieved not to Sound like Jim, uh, Gavin, uh, but <laughs> but that you're you're trying to forge your own legacy in many yeah. ways. So so yeah. it's how you use that you use that as something that gets in on you, and it's an extra pressure. That Jeannie Mac, if you don't win now, all the old boys will be thinking we're we're useless. Mm. Or you say, well, John, I'm sick and tired of you, old boy. I'll have a few points with you afterwards, but we're going to go ahead and try to win the championship for ourselves. And that was just how I used to kind of uh, deal with that kind of external pressure yeah yeah exactly well that well, that's it but it does tend to give you that but you see a lot of clubs they'll win a county title they've no history in Leinster they go mad like I've seen even leash clubs might be drinking the night before Leinster club game we wouldn't even think of that you know that's you have to kind of move on now and go to another I think without tradition it's harder yeah that's all over the shop obviously you mentioned Keen Mackey the difference between winning the county title and Cavan last year compared to winning it this year like, you know the celebrations were far more muted and it would be the same for anyone without the tradition that likes of Vincent's and Port Leach have that like they're well well entitled I suppose to celebrate a county title it doesn't yeah. come, come around that often but I, well I look think at was, Tyrone the yeah. Tyrone don't do well in Ulster yeah. Club and they should because it's so hard to win Tyrone and they, maybe just the, the tradition isn't there to, mm. to care for about hadn't won in a long time though I wonder 25 they, years yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a long enough way to maybe overdo the celebrations a little bit yeah no uh, listen I, th- I think for Ban will win this at one, for Ban are 1 to 2 um, although like St. Pat's are a solid team and like I mean 2 to 1 it's hard to know it's hard to know What, what I'm, I'll go for, for Ban here just because of that bit of tradition Jer. I'm going to go with St. Pat's you'll go with St. Pat's uh, for Ban for me right okay we'll move on to the next one so Gary <coughs> Castle against Kilo Emmett Oog I don't know much about Kilo Emmett Oog, but I was doing a little bit of looking and you struggled against them one year, Jarrah. It was yeah. 2015 what, or 16 maybe it was. You only beat them by, was it a point? A couple of points in the end. Uh, they're a very, again, tight-knit parish. Uh, a lot of cousins and brothers all on the first 15 and subs coming in. So they just have something extra that is hard to manifest in any team you're taking charge of to yeah. build that kind of spirit and yeah it's hard for dublin clubs it's hard for town yeah. teams to replicate that community mm. kind of it is spirit isn't it, it is and and if you allow that spirit uh, any sort of uh, breathing space beyond the first 5 10 minutes it's very hard to kind of rein it in and keep on top of it yeah and and that's what Kilo really have going for them uh, and that's what we would have struggled against uh, going back a couple Espe- of years especially you'd struggle often if you want to draw Vincent's in their first round game he often struggled in that because I remember when you struggled against me teams mm-hmm. you struggled against Longford teams and because, probably because the Dublin Championship drags on so long you're straight out in yeah. the Leinster Club and you need to warm into it Bally Munn struggled in the first round I remember a lot of the champions 
you want to draw the Dublin club champions in the first round. Yeah, and, and it's probably the time to get the Dublin club, club champ, champions. It's such a competitive uh, competition and you know a lot of the guys so well haven't played against them over the years that the old um, boasting right or the bit of ego because you see the guys more regular than you with the country yeah. guys that the mental relief after winning a county final, you know, if you don't watch that after a couple of days, you can kind of lose a bit of focus mm-hmm. and lose a bit of momentum. And in 2007, uh, we won the club championship for the first time in 23 years. Um, we drew against Central Town of Mead in Parnell Park and we were awful and we just about got over the line the next day and then we got a bit of momentum and then we kind of refocused, re- uh, reset our targets. But uh yeah, it's probably time to get a Dublin club in the first round. Yeah, I meant to, I'm, I'm wondering why you went for St. Patrick's and I'm thinking of Ratnew two years ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and St. Patrick's, but, but they've won a few championships. Yeah, there, they have, they're, yeah. They're well, they're well organised. They lost after a replay to Ratnew last year. Mm. I'm pretty sure Ratnew beat them after a replay or was the St. Pat's beat Ratnew. I can't exactly remember. But definitely Ratnew shocked you that, that year. It, that started a bit of a downward spiral, really, for Vincent's. Then, yeah, it? it probably did, and we haven't really recovered since. So that was Brian Mullins' last game. There were three or four of us going into that match with significant injuries. We shouldn't have actually played, myself included, but uh, for the love of the club and everything else. But if you had had fitter, younger guys in there at that particular uh, juncture, I would have fancied our chances against them. At the same time, still had opportunities to win the game, but yeah. it wasn't meant to be. It was news time. I'll never forget hearing the result of that game. I was sitting watching Portlaoise Moorfield and Portlaoise were, I think there were three points up and the clock running down and I'm like here we go we're avoiding the Dublin champions thank God because we had a terrible record against Dublin champions Moorfield scored a goal and a point and then you, and, and then you Moorfield win the Leinster club in the one year Portlaoise would have avoided <laughs> I was like what kind of look is this Gary Castle obviously kind of surprise packages in Westmead this year Lomans and Mullingar Shamrocks have been dominating that they're four to five favourites you beat them in the 15 final kind of when they were stronger probably than they are now yeah, and one of the Dolans, Desi's brother, I think, is managing He's the manager. Yeah. So we, I think, maybe we bet him by two or three in Parnell Park. Was it the semi final or Leinster semi final? Semi final. So they chatting to Desi actually before that uh, that final in Parnell Park. He was up at the Dublin games, but he they were eight points down uh, against St Lomans, and they just stuck at it yeah they put an old big man right. in on the edge of the put square on the edge of the square yeah. Desi Desi off. Off, yeah. Desi. I, I think Desi's saying he's retired now yeah uh, well he's retired from Westmead football he's playing this Leinster club he'll okay. never play Westmead club football yeah, again yeah. that's pretty much so he might have that's his one retirement from Intercounty now he retired from Westmead club now he'll retire from Leinster club <laughs> so wait for the Instagram post now to come out <laughs> so I'll go I'm going to go for Kilo here Longford champions they're, they're dogged they're bloody dogged um, and they play usually most of them play a defensive enough style they're hard to break down at this time of the year I'll go for Kilo in that one what do you think Ger? I'll join you okay. yeah Kilo yeah, as well Johnny McCormick plays for them you know he could go free taker yeah. for Longford as well so that, that could swing the swing the battle yeah okay so A-Rog Carlo um, versus Castletown I think A-Rog are going to win this the Wexford champions just they haven't featured in Leinster they, they actually take beatings you know what I mean they're very very poor standard when they come out of Wexford for whatever reason it's one of the few counties left uh, well they haven't done a bit of coaching down there over the last couple of years where like up to nearly 10 of the starting 15 of the football team are starting on the senior hurling team and uh, the structure of Wexford football the two groups of six um, all play each other once and then it's divvied up to the knockout stages 
but um, there's such an interchange with uh, with dual players, so I'd say that's why they probably don't get as far as they'd like right. in the Leinster campaign because they just don't have enough football played. Right, because um, they are they're playing. We talked with Conor McDonald and he won the intermediate football and the senior hurling and. Dirk, he, I think he's playing like 16 weekends in a row between hurling, mm-hmm. you know, one on, one off, yeah. one on, one off. There has to be some reason behind it. And Paul Galvin mentioned to us that the amount of dual players in these clubs is outrageous. It is outrageous. Maybe yeah. that's the reason because Wexford shouldn't be underperforming like they do in Leinster. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd say it's definitely the reason. Though. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Look, we'll all go Airog here, will we? Airog. Yeah, yeah, okay. They're five to one on, are they? So, yeah. They're five to one on, right. Okay. That's according to Paddy Power. So, Kildare final. This is the replay. Moorfield versus Sarsfield. So this is, we, we, we build this up last week, the big Newbridge derby and all that goes with it. So this is the Moorfield manager, Ross Galvin. So Ross is saying, if it, like Ross is moving in with Jack O'Connor next year at Intercounty. So this type of honesty will not be appreciated at the Intercounty level. So he says, whereby uh, Sarsfield set up a little bit tighter and they probably look to slow the game down a little bit. I suppose they strategically foul to slow the game down and get bodies in front of the free taker. They're just looking to niggle away at us. So the pace of the game is a bit slower so they can get bodies behind the ball we have to be patient and break them down and mind the ball and keep it out of contact it'll be interesting because there's two contrasting styles between both teams I love that you just you wouldn't, re- you wouldn't be allowed to say that at either county level for the fear that it'll be put up in the dressing room wall or whatever but a club um, a club definitely he getting away and he's probably like you know like I mean his analysis is probably spot on it's just you don't often hear that it's, and it's probably great to hear that honestly because in the GA circle some of the Interviews with managers, um, it's like rinse and repeat over the course of a season. Yeah. It can be kind of quite boring, but uh, Moorfield going for three in a row, and obviously the town rival between themselves and Sarsfields, mm. you got to do what it takes to win. Um, yeah. you, you, you play to the, the culture, the norms of the game, everyone bends the rules, you bend the rules to, in as far as you can. Yeah, and, yeah. you've uh, beaten Moorfield, haven't you? You wouldn't have played Sarsfields. I think they won it a year you weren't in it. We know we we never got to play the Galera teams in my Did time. Did you not? No, no. We four or five Leinster campaign, five Leinster right. campaigns. Because looking at you, beaten pretty much every other yeah. county down through those years in it, haven't you? A few. We kept getting drawn against you, lads. Not <laughs> <laughs> to bring that up. Tell me about it. It's not like something I like to be reminded of. Um, right, well, we get predictions on this one. So Moorfield versus Sarsfields. I'm going to stick with Sarsfields. I went with them last week. Um, they scored most of the points, the goals and the good start kept Moorfield in it. Whether Sarsfields can kind of hit them as hard this time, it, it's up in the air. But I'm going to stick with who I went with last week. I think history dictates that the favourite going into the drawn game tends to win the replay. True. So yeah. but this, this is very close in the betting, yeah. though. This is very. There's not right. much. There's not much between them. And do you know that the three in a row hasn't been done since the fifties in Kildare? It's something that's not. And Sarsfields were the ones that did it. So Sarsfields do not want okay. to all allow. <laughs> Johnny Doyle was telling me this on Monday, uh, yeah. and so Moorfield let Sarsfields know of two Leinster clubs. Sarsfields have none, and Sarsfields respond by saying, "Well, we've a three in a row." <laughs> <laughs> so Sarsfields cannot let Moorfield <laughs> win. The more alive for yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is what goes on. So you're going to go for more field. I went with Tarskill's first, so you're going to stick with them too. All yeah. right. Okay. So the Kilkenny hurling final, lads. This is a huge one. This is Ballyhill Shamrocks versus James Stevens in Nolan Park. Um, James Stevens have hammered them already this year. You'd be surprised to hear. And James Stevens also beat them in his 2017 final. Beat them well, 316 to 112, which will be interesting. James Stevens have a very good record against Ballyhill Shamrocks. Uh, Henry Shefflin said it's the goal of every club to make the county final. We face formidable opponents who have a very good record against us. But if we play to our potential, we we have a great chance. So that's an interesting one in itself. You look at that and you go Ballyhill will win that. But then maybe James Stevens are a bogey team, and there's this kind of inter-club rivalries that you might not be on top of. 
the Kilkenny Senior Hurling Championship very similar to the Dublin Senior Football Championship there's four or five teams that can kind of win it mm, any yeah. year so there'd be very little between both both uh, sets of players <coughs> Bally Hale from the outside looking in because of how well they did last year and how many Sheffield being involved people think Asher they win but uh, I think but how hard is it to come back after winning an all Ireland club and start back through that county process all over again because there's very little of a break and then you have to get up for a county final when let's be honest a county final is nowhere near where, where you've you know what I mean maybe been psychologically yeah. or do you think the county final is just a stepping stone to get back to that other stage how do you treat the, the championship the following year you have to kind of trick your brain in many ways and, 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 and reset the target like when you win your first county championship like you mentioned Keen Mackey there last mm, yeah. year great celebrations hasn't been done in a long time or the first time for a lot of players to win it and then the second year, okay, we've won it again. It becomes a bit of a norm. So your 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 target or your goals, they get a bit higher. And in the same way, Bally Hale, they will see it as a as a failure uh, if they don't progress and try to do a double. And, yeah. Um, but is your motivation to win the county the next year not just to win the county? Is it to get back to that kind of All Ireland stage, or do you just say we have to win the county? Do you just focus on the county? D- depends on the individual. Um, for me. The opposition we played Ballymun quite a good bit, and the Phoenix, that helped, yeah, yeah, mm. and that really helped. And we had our tactics and ways of playing. And the quarterfinal, we got fifty tackles, so we're going to get sixty tackles this week, and that is a factor, and that is a goal that you're trying to work on as a group. But I don't want to lose the Ballymun, and yeah, that's yeah. I used to get a great motivation from that. So different players do different things. Different coaches probably have to be aware of the different ways in which their uh, the group are motivated, and you have your team target, but quietly you're doing your little phone call or you're meeting Woody or you're meeting yeah. Connor uh, quietly, and you're saying, "Gotta do whatever it takes." Yeah, yeah. Or Woody, you're getting closer to county panel, talking to Brian Cody, keep doing what you're doing, uh, and you're going to be in there next year, whatever it is you, you have to kind of. Mess around with yeah. their heads yeah. the best. Yeah. It's, it's funny with your own personal motivation that uh, Keen Johnson uh, telling me in the interview that he set a reminder on his phone. So Road hammered for Ban last year, one eighteen to ten points in the final. Keen's first ever county final. He put a reminder on his phone for half six every day with the score of that final to Brilliant. pop up on his phone. And he went out. Jesus. He went out to the side of his house and kicked ball with his with his right foot, which is his weaker foot, until the point where his mother was given out that she was chipping the paint <laughs> off. That's good stuff, though, like for that's a young man like yeah. that, to put the reminder on his phone, of, and that's flashing every day what road beat I wonder you how by. long he did that for. Yeah, yeah. well, it's true. obviously the year in between yeah, the two geez, matches, maybe. Six every morning, that's impressive. Well, no, but, every evening. Oh, I, every, I, I touch it every morning. No, geez, yeah. no, geez, under, that'd be like rocky stuff, wouldn't <laughs> it? <laughs> <laughs> we're at Ballyhill beaten um, in the first round in our, like three weeks after they won the All-Ireland, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah, so they've been beaten, so they they do groups. They do, they do like yeah. six teams in a group, I think. Yeah. They are vulnerable. Now, that would have been really tricky, obviously, just to, well, you'd, you'd be used to a lot of time playing in all Ireland Cup finals, but have to play another, you know, high-octane championship we, game in the county a couple of weeks we, after. We played St. Patrick's Day, I think it was a Monday a couple of years ago, and the following Sunday we had a league game. Crazy. Yeah. And we yeah. had to fulfil, like, you know. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, it's mad when one when we were preparing for the All Ireland Club final in two thousand and five, we were playing league that year. We used the very last league game before the final as a warm up game. We destroyed Port Harding because we were yeah. preparing for a, an All but we were playing the two thousand and five league in leash before we'd played in the other final yeah. for the previous year. It's just bizarre the way stuff like that. <laughs> it worked out like it was a challenge. We used it as a, <laughs> as a, as a challenge game. Um, yeah, so TJ Reid, it looks like, is going to be lining up against Owen Larkin. Owen Larkin, Cheddar Plunkett, who's uh, our hurling pundit here, 
um, Jerry, he's over um, James Stevens, and he is a tactical manager, a very tactical manager. So good he's a he's own, good leech man. He's own Larkin, who obviously as a pl- former player of the years of forward, he's him playing centre back, a bit maybe like Dear McConnelly, but he's not marking anyone. I think someone drops back and pl- a bit like Armagh when they won the All Ireland, McGinley given that free role. So on Larkin's flying it in that role so like I mean interesting I don't know who to go for here lads I'd say obviously Bally Hill Shamrocks at 1-3 to three in a final you'll probably I think so yeah I'd be leaning for them Jer I go Bally Hill alright okay uh, so that's 3 for Bally Hill Cork final Dulhallow versus Nemo Rangers so this is a weird one Nemo Rangers are in the Munster Club Dulhallow are an area team so they've Aidan Walsh and they've Donica O'Connor and it's a whole load of junior teams we are talking about this on Monday with Johnny Doyle it's a, it's, it's a strange setup. it's similar to Kerry um Every junior player in the whole county has a chance to play in the senior championship with these area teams. But there's the danger that when they organise themselves, it's hard to organise them because they all have their own individual championships to run, mm-hmm. intermediate and junior. But the area teams, especially in the Hurl and Imokili, they're dominating now. They've won three in a row and it's almost like this isn't fair. Whereas other area teams never get it together. They don't train together. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So Dulhalla were beaten last year in the final um, by St. Finbar's. So they play Nemo this time. Dulhallow are 13 to... Actually, interesting, Dr. Crokes are in the semi-final in Kerry and they're already in the Munster Club because the other three teams are, area, are divisional teams. It's just, it's, it, it is a weird one. But uh, Dulhallow are 13 to 8 outsiders, Nemo Rangers 8 to 13. Without going too deep into this one, I'm going to go with Nemo at 8 to 13. I'd go with Nemo because of the tradition. Um, and that's to be cutting across, Connor. That's all right, Gerald. No, in, in, in Kerry, they started a senior club championship couple of years ago so the senior club championship runs alongside they do that as well the yeah. Championship yeah. and that yeah. the winners of the senior club championship goes on to represent uh, Kerry in the Munster championship if um, if it's different to the other one yeah different exactly, champions yeah. to the other one yeah, yeah. no they do the, geez, how do they how do they manage their club championship from a logistical yeah, point of view crazy yeah <laughs> do you know what I mean you're running a championship like every other county does yeah. and you also have another championship running yeah. side by side with divisional teams and all it's crazy yeah, stuff yeah. isn't it but they're so strong as well aren't they because there's so few senior teams in Kerry do you know what I mean mm. so then that there's because there's not as many senior teams the junior teams are stronger and then the players that they're putting towards the divisional teams are stronger so that's, well, that's probably the why there's so many and, and, and the divisional teams then as well they could be really strong one year and then say David Clifford's club win their championship and now they're gone yeah. but you know what I mean you, you don't know who you have on a given year you could you could have four lads from a really good intermediate club and then they go up senior and then you don't have them so it's definitely a weird one are you going with Nemo or Dulhallow no I'm going to go with Dulhallow just uh, going so close last year just looking at their team as well Aidan Welsh Donald O'Connor uh, Paul Welsh Owen McSweeney I think Cork Senior is a couple of lads from the under 20s so give them a shout yeah okay you called it Welsh there I think they go Welsh down oh, in Cork oh it's Welsh and Mayo <laughs> yeah maybe it must be Welsh in Cork yeah <laughs> alright so the Mead final Rathoth versus Summerhill I didn't think there'd be too much uh, special about this until I started looking at Rathoth their favourites are 4-6 to six. they were junior 7 years ago right so they have Conor McGill they have Brian McMahon they have the two Wallaces who we know are speed demons um, so they were they went up from junior up to senior and now are favourites to to beat Summerhill who've been beaten in a few finals uh, I think they were beaten in 17 and last year as well but uh, you know they've been up at the top table whereas Ratoth haven't and they're favourites so it was an interesting stat in the examiner Ratoth was a village of 1000 when Conor McGill was born in the 90s now there's over 10,000 living in it and this is all the dubs moving out mm. into the commuter towns and we often hear about um a lot of the culture is going to Dublin and making Dublin stronger. Well, Kildare and Mead are benefiting from the other way around. Now, it does result in 
uh, people going around Mead and Kildare in Dublin, young children and playing for Kildare and Mead. But at the same time, this Ratoat have definitely benefited from it. Their, their population has skyrocketed and a lot of players, I'm sure, would kind of have Dublin accents on that team. Yeah, and you mentioned Davy Byrne from... Davy Byrne is manager, Ballymon yeah. Kickham's yeah. Uh, former no, goalkeeper. No, not the, oh, the goalkeepers. He yeah. Ballymon Kickham's again. Ballymon I always Kickham's think of the other yeah, Davy Byrne. Davy yeah. Byrne as well. Uh, but Davy Byrne, manager of Ratoat, was involved with Dublin for a couple yeah. of seasons. Uh, a lovely man, a uh, great way about him. Very, very positive in how he, he approaches things and he'll get the best out of his players and... The fact that Summerhill have lost a few uh, championship finals over the last couple of years, um, mentally you wonder when it's, they're up against it now uh, on the weekend, do those little doubts start creeping again? Ratote, nothing to lose. I'm sure David will be using that as the motivation junior seven years yeah. ago. Let's just go out and express ourselves and see what happens. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. it's interesting that they're going in as favourites. I'll go for Ratote in this one. Yeah, I'm going to stick with her at all as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, rags to riches. Donegal final. I'm not going to spend too much time on this because, like I said on Monday, I watched this and this was horrific. Guidor have got injury worries. Kieran Gillespie, he went off at half time and he did his cruciate last year. He was their, I think, centre half back and he's gone as well. He's going to miss the rest of the season. Terrible bad luck for him because like, he missed the Ulster Club last year. And Christopher McFadden, who replaced Gillespie, he's out as well. Still think Guidor will have too much for Nave Connell, who were very limited, I thought, the last day. I think when Guidor get or kick into gear a little bit to be too strong for them they're one to two favourites I think the betting is exactly like it was last week one to two Guidor and Niamh Connell are 21 to 10 uh, Gerard how do you fancy here yeah I go with Guidor again seen a good bit of them seen them last week um, enjoyed certainly the the effort they put into their performance it is quite defensive in some ways uh, a bit like Jim McGuinness's Donegal team but, uh, they leave two they leave McFadden and they leave uh Who's in beside him? They leave one other in beside him. They're they're fifteen, the free taker, and, and then every, more, most of the others will be defending. Will be will be will be defending, and so mm. if they win by one two points, they're happy enough. They might only score twelve points in the game, but if they can keep the opposition to five or six, they'd be happy. But you'd, you'd probably have to go with them again. Yeah, yeah. You said it earlier, Jared. The the rule is that the the favour for the for the first game normally prevails in the replay. So I'll go Guidor as well. Okay, yeah. so the Limerick final: Newcastle West versus Ula. I don't know anything about Ula until I had a look about it. This is the first ever meeting in a final. Newcastle West are one to two favourites. Ula are 21 to 10. This final was supposed to be played on October 13th. It was put back two weeks because Ula have Richie English, Dara Donovan, Pat Ryan and uh, Mickey O'Brien of the, the Limerick Intercounty Hurlers who've all won All-Irelands the year before. At least three of them I definitely know have. They went under holiday to Barbados. So and maybe that's why Newcastle West are one to two favourites. That <laughs> like one third of the Ula team have just are just coming back from a, a team holiday in Barbados. So I'm going for Newcastle West here at one to two lads. Go on, I think Con. they might come back. I think they might come back so nice and refreshed from Barbados that they'll be mad for roads. So I'll go for Ula. Um, well, I'd say what could happen there is the fellas who hung around and continue to train will be absolutely wound up that the lads went away. Uh, despite them playing for the you think to be pissed off yeah. now Ballyhale Shamrocks players last year before their Leinster club final there was you remember that Wild Geese uh, trophy in Australia Bally, the Bally, Ballyhale players went on that before Leinster club final I couldn't believe it I was like yeah. that's a surprise and then Henry Shefflin is saying that you know they came or they went away they looked after themselves they played a gate or they trained over there or whatever it was you know what I mean? It wasn't like they looked after themselves, came back and they won the Leinster Club final. You know, so I don't like that's uh, 
ruins my argument. But, uh, <laughs> no, but yeah. it would be it would be a fair thing to turn down the team holiday for their, if they're hurlers predominantly to play. You know, for a football game, I don't know. I don't. Based on my track record, I'd be gone on the holiday anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right, are you going for Ula or? Um, Newcastle West. Newcastle West. West. Newcastle West. Okay, clear final, lads. We may speed up here. Uh, Kilmurray Ilbricken versus Milltown. Betting pretty much the same. Kilmurray Ilbricken are 6 to 5. Slight outsiders. Milltown Malbay are defending champions. So there's nothing between this. The whole story with this there's cousins and there are friends and their their local rivalry. This is just uh, two very close neighbours and there's all that crossover. So to be honest with you, it's a complete toss up. I went for Milltown last year and going to st- last week and going to stick with them. Um, Ger, who do you think will win this one? I'll join you with Milltown. Okay, what do you I think? went for Camari last week, stick with them. If they don't score another own point, you see that one that their cornerback scored an own point last week. Really? Yeah, yeah, kicked it over the bar accidentally from about 20 yards. With a strong wind against him? <laughs> no, or? no. Oh, he try- sliced it? Yeah, something like My that. God. I was trying to kick past it to a fella across the way and went over his own point. <laughs> now, back. I have scored a point that I was a county final. I tried to, I was over on the 45 metre line on the sideline and it's way out of my zone for a point. And I went to give a diagonal ball to the edge of the square to Barry Fitzgerald, who's full forward. And the way I caught it, it was like Morris Fitzgerald's sideline <laughs> ball against Dublin. It just caught clean. And I saw it and start bending over the bar. Did not mean it at all. And I didn't. You take it, though. Oh, well, I celebrated it, if you meant it. No, but every other lad on the field just looked at me and went, come on. <laughs> you did not mean that. Um, last one, lads, is the Wexford uh, hurling final. This is St. Anne's versus St. Martin's. St. Anne's are 9 to 4 outsiders. St. Martin's are 4 to 9. Get this, St. Anne's lost to St. Martin's in the championship already by 34 points. <laughs> so St. Anne's have Dermot O'Keefe, Lee Moog, McGovern. They weren't playing that day. They're the two, obviously, brilliant players that play for Wexford. So that was a big one. Um, Rory O'Connor, who is St. Martin's, obviously their best forward. We all know about him. He's sus- it looks like he's suspended for the game. Um, you'd have to fancy St. Martin's, though, at the same time. Yeah, you would. They're also missing Rory's cousin, Barry O'Connor, is over with the AFL. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, he's uh, gone, yeah. Sydney Swans, he'd be big awesome. But, uh, yeah, you've got to go with St. Martin's there. Strong club, uh, doing well in the Camogie, too. Uh, they won the championship for the maybe third time in a row recently with the Camogie. And, uh, yeah, we go with St. Martin's. Yeah, three for St. Martin's, yeah. There you are, St. Martin's. That's it, lads. Well done. Marathon club preview there it was. <laughs> Especially when you have all Ireland winning club player and captain, and you you have to try and ask him a few bits and pieces <laughs> out of that. Um, right, that's always time for we back on Monday, and we we'll review all the weekend's action. We we'll talk to you then. Good luck. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power, home of the GA Hour hurling acca. And when I started running, I suppose I didn't stop, and when I got the chance to go, I said I'd stay going. So I opened up. We were only the small little fish out there, so we are, and uh, we're trying hard to make it through. But it's hard to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know. And it's just I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Waterford today because, like, I'm hard, I'm heartbroken. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 